0: Hello, internet, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Capricorn Corner podcast, We're your geek slash nerd discussion podcast. Normally, we take one topic from TV, movie, video game, books, whatever you feel I talk about that day. And we bat it around till we get bored. I'm as always your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. I am Jer Rogers of the 23rd and a half century, uh, and today. Uh, we are uh, going to be reviewing the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, the third and uh, the the third of the Guardians franchise, and the final uh, bit of James Gunn's influence in the MCU. Uh, according to his statement, or at least final up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Things might. Things go, things
1: shift a lot apparently for James Gunn. Yeah,
0: things might go catastrophically wrong at DC. I have no idea. Or Disney might buy them. <laughs> Disney buying Water Brothers would be a
1: uh, a hellish thing for uh, like that. That's like
0: a mono- that, That's just a monopoly at that point. Probably. I you know, but we live in a time of mega corporations and corrupt government. So I don't lie that like every month, like you find another reason to squeeze in the whole like we live in a cyberpunk dystopia without all the cool shit. Look, if you just give me the ability to hack someone's brain, I'll shut the fuck up. Fair enough. You, um, got, you got the IMDB pulled up for Guardians? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be our spoiler f- free, uh, review. Um, uh, we'll talk most technically about it. The next, uh, podcast on the feed will be our spoiler review. That is when we get, dive more into detail and, uh. And pick it apart. Um, this is this is the one for before you see the movie. Yeah. So, uh, as has become... As is our habit. Um, I'm pulling this up from IMDb. Um, notoriously uh, bad at um, movie blurbs, but we love them anyway. We love them because they're bad, almost. Yeah. I got this one. I know what it says. Okay. I know what it says.
1: It says... The Guardians gear up for one final adventure together.
0: Uh, See, no, um, this is actually, this is actually a, a decently meaty one. What? Yeah, no such thing. Someone cared. heresy. Someone cared. Heresy. Um, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own. A mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful. There is a lie in there. Yeah, stakes aren't that high in this one. Yeah, stakes. Are, uh, oh, I'm tell you that. Stakes are high. Stakes are personal. This is this is this is more of a. This is more of a. It means something to the characters than. Uh, than he's gonna blow up the ocean or something.
1: Yeah. This is actually like, if you were just doing like MC, uh, MCU films that were just about personal stakes. This is probably like. Up there in like the ones that is just personal stakes.
0: Yeah. Um. So uh... funny enough, it doesn't even the it doesn't even mention the bad guy. Like I, I don't remember any of like the commercials or or any of the advertisements even mentioning who the bad guy is. It, it, it's not like it's a secret. Yeah. Like uh, they they've said in in press statements as the high evolutionary, um, and who was who's playing him, um. Uh, who uh, the, the 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 black guy from Peacemaker? I can't th- I can't pronounce his real name. Oh, that is what that is who uh, who he was. Yeah, that makes sense for James Gunn.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that like you
0: know Chris Pratt's not uh, didn't show up in Peacemaker. Honestly, yeah. Um, so uh, we'll start off. uh Boilerplate Did you enjoy the movie? I did. Um. Likewise, I enjoy. I enjoyed this. Um, this is probably you know my favorite in, in terms of the Guardians franchise. It probably goes one, uh, this, and then Volume Two. Uh, f- uh for me, uh, I didn't watch the Christmas special, so I can't rank that one. Uh, I would probably go um,
1: one, this one. Uh, two Christmas special. Okay. I did watch it. I enjoyed it. It's just like it's not very meaty.
0: Yeah.
1: Um that Kevin Bacon's in that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing's about Kevin Bacon. Okay. Um, the, the plot of it is they're they're kidnapping Kevin Bacon to give to Peter as a Christmas present.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Also very very low stakes. It's it's mostly just a big goof and you get like to spend time with the guardians, but like um and like Something that is not really a spoiler in this movie—they mention it probably in the opening five minutes, but it is revealed in that uh, a relationship between two characters that was that was here for too unknown. I, I don't know if we should if I should spoil it or not in case anybody is unaware of it. I don't know because if they're going into the movie like they, they, the movie expects you to already know it.
0: Um, relationship between two characters here to for that that's that's very that's vague enough that I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, Mantis and, uh, Peter. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just, that, that was something I never really even thought of until they made mention of it in the movie. Yeah. Um. It's, it's not a, it's, it is a spoiler, but it's not, don't, don't, don't get your panties in a bunch people.
1: I mean, like I said, it, like that, it, that's the big reveal for the Guardians, uh, holiday special, which at this point is like six months old. Yeah. So. Um, and it'd be an awkward time of the year at this point to, to watch it, uh, unless you're just rewatching it uh, for this movie, like you're doing a Guardians marathon. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, like that—that's the big thing. There is like Peter feels like he has no family for the holidays, and then Mantis turns out to be his uh, his half sister. Yeah, which makes sense. She tracks like that's why she was living with Ego. Yeah.
0: Um, you know the he, his only remaining half sibling, <laughs> presumably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, true. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if Ego got them all. I mean, that that's very fair. Yeah, which means there's a potential other being out there with just the powers of of a celestial. Well, no, they they drew their power from Ego, so oh, yeah. they would so have they lost would, their power. They would, so it would suck. Now, wait, wouldn't that also be the source of Manis's powers? Uh, it depends on. Well, if if spatially, like that was like, oh uh, yeah, her she might get that stuff. from her mother's side. So, yeah, okay, gotcha. Um. Um. So, being a Guardians movie, no, we normally we break these down in characters. And we go into like writings or 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 performances first, but because it's a Guardians movie, I gotta ask, music. What you What you think? Okay. So, we were we were pretty kind to the uh, to the
1: Mario movie mm-hmm. because we were judging it on. Hey, this is a kids movie. Yeah. Like I would have been a lot harsher on it if I was just like, um, uh, if you're an adult watching this, but like. You have to always, like, like review movies where they are, not where, like, you want them to be. Um, so, like, when we talk about MCU movies, we always talk about them in the confines of the superhero genre rather than great cinema or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, we've discussed this before. It, it, um, it, sometimes not even in the, form, in the vein of superhero movies, but MCU movies specifically. Specifically, yeah. Um,
1: that's like, uh, for the DC animated movies, like... Um, like I'm sure those those movies would entertain small children. Uh, in fact, we usually say that like, hey, if you got kids, that you can probably put them on and they enjoy this. Yeah. But like for comparing them to like the original for, slate for, for some of them, don't show a don't show a kid Apocalypse War. <laughs> you could if you want to fuck that kid up. Yeah. Um, I would, but you know that's that's the internal there, but uh, but so like in that vein, like. One of the big things that we hit on for Mario was the improper soundtrack. Yeah, and there's actually one song that is used in both
0: of these movies. Mm-hmm. And oh, I was gonna bring it up in the spoiler. Oh,
1: holy shit! Is it so like because it doesn't make sense in the Super uh, in the Super Mario movie? They're just it's just licensed music they're playing, um, but it actually makes sense, sense. thematically um, and like it adds to what is happening in this movie. That's actually one of the things I love the most about the Guardians movies. For one um, almost more than any other movie if you hear a pop song it is source yes like it is the characters are also hearing it
0: yeah that like either rocket or Star Lord have a music player on them. yeah and so like like, like it's
1: not just like uh, like we're getting to hear it and it's just it's just kind of like throwing back for like uh, for the good nostalgia to just like throw a mo- uh, throw it in there for no reason. No, no, no. The characters are hearing it; they're feeling that song in that moment as well. It makes it even more thematically resonant. In fact, I'm actually going to say my my least favorite parts of the soundtrack are when it's the soundtrack. Yeah, when it's like, a- when it's the score. Yeah, when it's the actual score of the movie. I'm usually like, oh man, like because like they usually use like like a hard cut. To like uh, Up the dramatic tension Because it pulls you out Because the characters Can no longer focus on the music Like The stakes have have increased Yeah And they use that as like Oh the stakes are higher now Um A lot
0: And uh, And Like I I, I loved it It, Like the the, Normally If if When the music hits It Yeah it works But also Typically it's when the Heroes are Enacting some plan or, Or Gambit Yeah Um all this, when the high Evolutionary is doing stuff is grating, partly because he just sucks as a villain. <laughs> uh, I got things to say about the high Evolutionary, but pro- yeah. uh, probably for for the spoiler review. Yeah, uh, I'm. Mean, I, that's just me talking about it, and, and that, um, that's that'll be that'll be how we segue into writing. Um, but uh, anything else you want to say about music before we, before we change it off? Um, uh, well, without without going to. Because without me going into like specific songs, I can't really say anything. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I was going to say like beyond like the heroes even doing things. A lot of times they're listening to music literally just because they're in their feels. Yeah. And so that also just helps to inform character. That's that's when soundtrack is best. Is when it's helping to inform character or to bring you into it. Be, and because these are all pop songs that we know and, th- and songs that we've all grown up with, we have context. Um, we ha- yeah, we have context for them. So um, if you're hearing like uh, Rocket listen to Creep or something like that. Um like you, you you get that feeling like you know you've lived through those moments probably in your own life even if it's not necessarily that specific song you understand the context. So um but yeah so I I I, I highly enjoyed all of the soundtrack stuff. Uh there was no stinkers in this one. Um Guardians 2 like puts a big emphasis on uh, I think the song's called like Brandy you're a woman now. Like they talk about it in the movie. It's, it's the song that, like, Ego specifically talks to Star oh, about, Oh, that. Yeah. And I wasn't familiar with that song. Like, that wasn't a song that I had any resonance to. And they talk about that song, like, actively, verbally have characters exchange dialogue about it. And I'm sure if, like, that was a part of your, your life, like, it would have been really, really cool. For me, it was just a complete hit. Uh, it was a complete miss. And I don't, I don't say that the movie's worse because of it. It just didn't strike me. Um, that wasn't the case for this movie. I pretty much knew every single song as they were as it was playing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that kind of helps it hit, hit me more. Um, but you want to, you said you wanted to segue into writing? Yeah. Um, I'll go, well, first thing I'm going to say about writing is, uh, and, and I'll say this just because I'm going to get it off the top. Uh, like I did see like straw hat Luffy's, uh, review and he specifically, what goofy? I did say goofy, I'm sorry. You know. I actually was specifically thinking, don't say Go- uh, don't say Luffy, say Goofy, and I did it anyway. But well, I say, uh, if,
0: you, if you're telling me Oda, Oda's gotten into film reviews, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: straight sure, ahead, Goofy. Um, I saw I saw his review, like just in kind of like in passing, and he mentioned in in his review that he thi- that the movie clearly knows that we as the audience expect people to die. Yes, and the movie does clearly know that we as the audience expect people to die. And it does play to that a lot. There's a lot of moments in the movie where, like, uh, it plays up like a dramatic scene as if like somebody is dead forever. Um, and I'm not gonna say whether or not like they do or don't. Like, I'm not gonna say like uh, if this if this turns out like uh, the end of like Infinity War or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just gonna say the
0: movie. It knows and toys with their expectations about that. Yeah, I, I actually think that was a, in my opinion, I think that was a very smart decision. Uh, it was precedent. It was it was it was taking what we know about the surrounding of, of that production and the cast and whatnot, um, and almost pretty much using our knowledge, our meta knowledge against us. True, but the the problem is is when that happens in reverse. Like a lot of
1: people have now turned on like No Way Home. The Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. um, because there's moments where it feels like you're meant to clap, like when the like when the Spider-Man jump out and uh, mm-hmm. like uh, when Toby and and Andrew jump out, like like that holds for like a beat long because it feels like oh you're uh, the audience was supposed to clap there well, yeah it's fan service
0: yeah I mean that that is that is what it is if you thought No Way Home wasn't fan service I don't know what should, what to tell you.
1: Yeah, but they're saying that like it detracts from those movies on your further watches. It didn't really detract it for me. For me, it's like it was. It, it has a moment of also like the characters kind of taking a beat, and it doesn't last so long to actually be all that awkward to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously, if you if you do like an honest trailers kind of thing, and you take the score out and everything else, and it's just a silent moment of uh, Andrew jumping out and pulling off his mask. Yeah, that makes it seem a lot more awkward. Rewatching it um, in four K, I was just like, okay, yeah, but. Like, he's, he's checking out his surroundings and doesn't know what's going on. Yep. It was fine. Um, but on rewatches of this movie, um, I, I have the knowledge of what will happen. So, like, it won't work as well again. But to be fair, but on the other side of that, because I mean, this is a big, weird, complicated thing about how movies are made nowadays... Like a lot of movies are made for theater experience, yeah, and it made for a better theater experience. Same as that No Way Home stuff made for a great theater experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so I'm not gonna harp on it one way or the other. I'm just gonna say like it did make for a better theater experience. I don't know how it would hold up on multiple viewings, yeah, but for that first viewing, it works really well.
0: Um, one thing I will say, will say for the movie uh, for um, the all the trailers and advertisement because like it's, it's for some for some movies, especially the ones we review, is kind of hard to avoid. Uh, trailers or advertisements. Um, there are certain parts of the trailer that, that <clears throat> pretty much all all the parts of the trailer are in the movie. But there's some some of the voiceover uh, for the trailer um, is misleading because there are lines for the trailer that are not in the movie. Um, there's one particular there's a particular part in the um, in the trailer where Star Lord uh, says, "Hey, join me for one last ride." Um that line never comes up in the movie. Uh it that, that was one of the one of the things where I was like, Oh, they're they're raising death flags. Um But uh and like the whole the whole movie I, I kept waiting on it, waiting on to drop drop that drop that line. I'm like, all right, when, when am I gonna stop when when am I going go, when are people going in the in the forever box? <laughs> uh, I don't think I saw that trailer. I like
1: I guess I I have mentioned before I'm, I'm pretty trailer reverse. Uh, I don't think I ever saw that specific
0: trailer. Yeah, it was it was one. It was it either either it was an unskippable one on YouTube or it was something I I got while scrolling my FYP on TikTok. Ah, uh, okay. Um, um, I mean to be fair though, like like sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, a big example of it not working: Black Adam. Yeah. <laughs> um, but get but getting getting back getting back to writing. Um. Like, um, I, I mean, I didn't have any complaints about the writing of this movie. I, no no one seemed like they were just being arbitrarily dumb. I was going to say, like, considering that, like, um, Guardians and the Thor movies,
1: especially the Taika Waititi Thor movies, have always been accused of, like, cramming too many jokes, breaking too many moments up with humor. Yeah. I was actually surprised how much
0: this movie holds back. Yeah. Like, like they, they they seemed... Are the Guardians comedic? Yes. But they are also not cartoon characters. Yeah. Like, they they are competent and they are jokey, especially with each other, especially when their emotions are up. Um, but it never feels like they're just bumbling goofballs. Unlike Guardians 2, which, like, Drax is kind of just a bumbling goofball and
1: a cartoon character. Like, there's that scene where, like, he's on a tether just getting whipped around in an asteroid field. Yeah. Um, and uh, And that was a little bit much. And then like, 2 just never lets a lot of things sit.
0: Yeah, this one, this movie, Drax, I felt like, okay, this is the Drax that act, that had children. Yeah. Um, like, this is probably the best Drax has been
1: um, since 1. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the characters just feel a lot better in this movie. Like, the character writing in general for this movie was just significantly better like uh, because it also felt like hey these guys have been on a journey for so for with each other so long they can be honest with each other at this point without yeah. having to hide behind
0: some type of slapstick or or tomfoolery or what have you and also also like that it it highlights that yeah, that they have spent time and bonded with each other because like, uh, Nebula makes Me- Nebula mentions the movie in the movie. This, this is a sl- very slight spoiler, but not much. That Rocket's done some of her upgrades. Yeah, like they, they've they've had developed that we haven't even seen. Uh, so it, it adds credence to, uh, especially the arc of that character going from somebody who cared about literally no one, not even herself, to going on this mission to help out a friend. Um uh, actually, even on that,
1: there's a, a note that I want to touch on. Like, it's not really a spoiler thing because it's, it's really just a thing of, like, whether you catch it or not. Um, Rocket and Nebula's uh, new design work is clearly based off of Tony's nano suit.
0: Oh, oh, the Nebula's arm?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, and uh, she goes and she puts on, like, a piece of armor. And it actually has, a, like, it's a, yeah, a design-based. It the the, the, they look like the light-up
0: parts on, Star, on Tony's arc reactors.
1: Yeah. Like, um, like, when Tony had the nano suit, and he would, like, uh, using those, like, Sonic Blast versus Thanos, like, those pieces that kind of just jumped off and floated by themselves. Yeah. Her suit has that. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they she clearly, like, learned, and so did Rocket. Like, you know, they took designs they liked. Learned slash stole. I mean, Rocket steals everything. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, uh... i surprised uh, he didn't have Bucky's arm.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You never did see,
0: uh, the... the he does have Bucky's arm. Oh, he yeah, his old one? He has he has an arm. Well, I mean, Bucky's gone through a couple... He's gone through a couple of arms. Uh, the, he, ha- he has
1: a Winter Soldier arm.
0: I'll just say yeah. that. Uh, the, the, cro- the chrome one... He he, he does, The chrome one he doesn't have anymore. The one he has now is like black and gold. He got it, and it's made of vibranium. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of his silver arms, I believe. Okay.
1: Um. But uh, yeah, Rocket does have that arm technically. But yeah, so. Um. But like that was like a really really nice touch as well. Just a little a subtle of like oh hey I'm, like rem- they they have met people from the other movies without being overt. Like no one was like thank you Stark yeah. or something like that. It was just like oh I recognize that design. Um, that was a cool thing. Now, the thing that we're beating around the bush on is the villain. (laughs) The high evolutionary. Um, I'm actually going to say this. Um, one of my favorite tropes that does not get used enough unless I'm the one doing it. I love when a hero has had all they're willing to put up with with a villain's bullshit and oh, does yeah. not want to listen
0: to their monologue. I mean, it it says something about how far we've come in the superhero genre that even the characters are like, "I'm tired. I don't care. I don't care. I'm done with the tropes. Just let's get to the let's get to the punching." Yeah, I, I've always loved
1: that. One of my favorite moments uh, in cartoon history is when. Um, uh, I mentioned this before, I think, on the podcast, but it's when um, Lex Luthor uh, has merged with Brainiac, and like he starts to try to pull some shit on the wall. Oh, and and she just, wall, and he just guns, and the, into the yeah, chest. and uh, she just immediately just starts firing on him. Like he does not get a word in because he's like, I am going to, and she just starts shooting on him. Like he's down on the ground, she just fought, like pumping shots into him. Yeah, and um, and that's when I'm always like, fuck yes. Um, I have a bad habit of, in D&D, like, letting villains have uh, monologues because I'm all, like, I'm always like, why would my caterer give a fuck about their monologue? Um, and I know there's there's a thing that's like, that's the DM having their final moments with the villain. but uh, And sometimes I'll honor that, and sometimes I'm like, no, they're vulnerable. That's very hypocritical of you forever, DM. I know. Mm. I'm aware. Uh, but I also don't really mind when, when people do it to me. Yeah. Um, I I I love the bit. So that happens in this movie. Uh, at one point, one of the characters just has absolutely all they're willing to put up with. um, And they had this is like their first meeting with the villain. They just immediately suss out what what like what their stick is. Um, and the villain literally tries to counter with a "but I'm special" like
0: argument, and it's like, "Bitch, you're not Thanos." I mean. <laughs> It doesn't help that you're also another you know big cosmically powered purple man, <laughs> but you're not Thanos. Yeah. Um, so uh, I like they played to that and like the 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 ways in which he was like, a threat. You you you, you not played by Josh Brolin. You played by a guy whose name I can't say without sounding racist. <laughs> <laughs> um. But like, yeah, the threat that
1: he that he provides is uh is much more mental. Slash
0: yeah. like uh, personal, in that you know he is he is someone's ex abuser. Yeah. Um. But even but even then, it's like once once it, it, it feels like once the heroes get him in a room where they can put paws on him, it doesn't seem like he's gonna be that that substantial of a threat. Yes. Which is
1: pretty much what it ends up ta- what it takes. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but that doesn't make, like, uh, I mean, to be fair, like, if, if you wanted a villain that, like, would, would clearly provide you with a CGI army for the, uh, heroes to bust through, this was definitely the one. Yeah. a
0: uh, guy that's gonna, like, wear them down with an overload of minions. I mean, not, I mean, that being said, I'm I'm kind of glad that this is, that, well, I say, let me take it back. This could be the final um, Guardians movie we get. They they definitely leave it where they they could do that if they chose to. Yes. Um, similar similar to uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, they they end it where they could walk away from from it here if they chose to. Um. The uh. Because in the in Cosmic Marvel, it seems that for making movies there's only like two stories that you're going to do um purple man's looking to looking to take something or purple man's looking to eat something <laughs> um and you're not going to do the eat storyline until we get Fantastic 4 yeah um and it's just it it, it cuz it doesn't or
1: or specific even more specifically purple man wants to play sims
0: Oh, free yeah, for ego,
1: ego Thanos, oh. high and evolutionary. high evolutionary, yeah. Purple man wants to play Sims, yeah. Celestials, uh, yeah. Purple man wants to play Sims.
0: <laughs> so uh, that's off the dome, and I'm really free. I really like it. <laughs> so is if those are the only two stories you got, stop telling stories, because you, I. I I know from reading the comics, there's more stories than that to tell in Cosmic Marvel. But those are the only movies you keep ma- you keep making. Yeah, um, it's like it, it, this is this is coming back to my old frustration with like the X Men movies. It's like there's a lot of X Men storylines. Stop telling the Dark Phoenix saga. There's there's other storylines besides Dark Phoenix. Yeah, some of them have purple men. Oh shit. Yeah.
1: Um... I will say uh, there are two major standout plot holes in this movie. Okay. Um, one of which involves Gamora making a call that nothing ever comes from. found um, no, something
0: came of it. Nope. Uh, the movie would have not... The, the situation... Oh, uh, yeah, circumstances didn't change. Like It didn't change anything of what was going on in the plot, but stuff did happen because of it. Uh, I I we'll talk about it in the spoiler review and I'll 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 point
1: out like how it, it actually wouldn't yeah. but uh and the other one is Star Lord got rid of his Heelys. Oh yeah, his jet boots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh a classic part of his character that at no point ever disappeared and he I don't remember them did they were they damaged at one point? Nope. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. And even if they were, there's no reason that uh, but he, he couldn't wouldn't be have fixed them in the interim. Yeah, yeah. he's got a new
0: ship. Yeah,
1: so. new ship, new equipment. They the the guardians have official uh, outfits yeah. in this movie. Like they actually have a uniform they put together that they like. Um, yeah, no, um, he just doesn't wear them, and it causes issues in the movie. And it felt it it really feels like they were hoping that this would be one of those fridge well, those uh, fridge things or whatever you call them. Um. Like oh, fridge moments. The fridge yeah. moment. Yeah, it didn't make it. Out of, it didn't make it out of the movie with me. Yeah, I, I noticed. I, it the I, I did. Time. I didn't
0: notice their absence because also it's just Star Lord being the generic human guy on the alien team. The jet boots and his elemental blasters are the his kind of like his iconic things with his mask uh, to set off, which he also didn't have the mask yeah. in the movie. So like he he was just kind of Chris Pratt in space. Yeah. Like the only the only uh, Star Lord accoutrement he he still had was, were the guns. Yeah, and it didn't make any sense. Um, there's also, there's one other bit with character with character uh, writing that just irked the shit out of me throughout the whole movie. They they kind of resolve it at the end, but Gamora. Uh, they they write Star Lord is still being hung up on Gamora because according to what he's saying, she doesn't remember us. Um, the Gamora that he was in love with is still dead. Um, she didn't come back through the Soul Stone. She's still presumably on the bottom of that cliff on Vormir, uh, probably next to Widow. Yeah, you know, with, with Red Skull standing over it, being all creepy. Yeah. Um, well, that, that,
1: that's a, that. That is the chasm of redheaded woman. Yeah.
0: Uh, the Gamora that we're dealing with in this one is. Pre Guardians one Gamora, this is the this is presumably the Gamora that was gonna ride around with Ronan doing genocides. Uh, like, is 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 she didn't she didn't hit her head? She doesn't have amnesia. Is not that she It's not that she doesn't remember you. She didn't go through the things that you that your Gamora went through. Uh, she didn't help you guys found the Guardians. She never. Like, she had a heart-to-heart with Nebula, but that was in Endgame. Yeah. And the circumstances surrounding it were very different. Um, But, like, they play so much of it in the, in the movie uh, that of just, of him trying not have these weird heart-to-hearts of, like, you know, where I'm like, Star-Lord, what the hell was your Endgame? Like, y- I'm sorry, but, you know, Star-Lord doesn't have... You know, to borrow from an earlier uh, review, we did, he didn't have wa- uh, water all day in Church's chicken uh, <laughs> game, <laughs> where he's gonna say, you know, a short little speech, give her give her a light skinned stare, and and have her hop into his arms. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, they they, they do a lot.
1: They do a, a few too many of those. I will admit. Um. Uh, also, this isn't so much a character flaw that, or a writing flaw. This is just a direction I didn't expect. Uh, uh, anything you know about Adam Warlock? Just throw, throw that at the shit door. out. Yeah, throw, there. The,
0: throw that throw out there. Because they they the movie did. Because um, I'll be uh, I'll tell you. Because um, I wish I uh, the movie says this subtly. Someone needs to tell it overtly to Jim Starlin before he leaves this earth. The only thing cool about Adam Warlock is that he's a. Golden spaceman with the soul gem in his head. Everything else is garbage. <laughs> I don't. Why does he talk like an old English person? Like th- th- there's no reason for him to do that. <laughs> like uh, Will Will Poulter, I, th- I think, did a great job of portraying the all the Adam Warlock that we really needed. Yeah, um, I I guess I don't care that they changed Adam
1: Warlock. Um, like he's uh, he's just supposed to be kind of like their big heavy hitter because
0: he had the soul gem, yeah. Um, before, like now, and I, I'm I'm curious if this was on purpose, but they've kind of just made everyone who has energy beams from space their powers all kind of look the same because his powers look very close to Captain Marvel's. It might be an intentional thing.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, it might be an aesthetic design. They're trying to keep thorough and and similar to everybody. Um but yeah so I I I brought up uh... like I bet when we get Fantastic 4 um Sue's powers will probably have a similar look to them
0: probably. Um like we didn't we didn't we haven't brought up the trailers we'll do that in their cinematic experience but we did see the Marvel's trailer uh in the in the theater and Monica Rambeau's powers have have a similar light aesthetic just with a different color.
1: Yeah. Um but uh no, I, I definitely agree with with the, uh, um, with the Gamora stuff. Um, now, to be fair, I will say this in Guardians One, like I guess it's because um, in like the way that, that she kind of goes in Guardians One, like she's sent on the mission after them and then immediately betrays Thanos. Like, well, she betrayed Ronan. Yeah, I mean both. Yeah, really. Like betraying Ronan is betraying Thanos at that point. Um, yeah, but Ronan's a lot less scary. True, but like, like she she needs almost no urging to just get away from Thanos. Um, and maybe that was like, and so I I can kind of see like coming from that point, like if that is where she was supposed to be, and her character just meeting different people and then kind of going off on a different journey. Like I don't think that her character was actually incorrectly written. I think it's just um, the fact that. Um,
0: oh, I didn't. I didn't think Gamora's. I didn't think Gamora's character was bad. It was, This was. This was mostly a, a Quill critique. Yeah, like it, the, the 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 logic wasn't there for what he was going for. I mean, I can see how he would come to that
1: logic, but also like just in the movie, in the flow of this movie, the movie is a little bit long, and that de- that definitely felt like something that could have gotten cut. Yeah. Um... Uh, especially cuz also those moments are some of the ones that do get like the undercut of comedies. Um but uh uh moving on,
0: uh we can talk some special effects. Yeah. Um uh you 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 touched on it uh you touched on it earlier but this is probably the best rocket has ever looked to me. Yeah. Like Rocket, Groot, even Nebula I thought were the the effects for them were really good. Um
1: Yes, is it a oh. Marvel movie that has that like that that obvious green screen look to it a lot? Yeah, yeah. the the biggest one I will say is when um, they're coming down in their Power Ranger uh, spacesuits. Yeah, um, if you know, you know, like when you see it, you'll you'll definitely know what, we're t- what I'm talking about. Like none of that looks any any kind of real, but it also just kind of
0: looks like. But it's movies nowadays. Well, it's also it's like, what was it supposed to look like, guys? Yeah, there are a bunch of like you know. Space people jumping around on a big giant flesh thingy.
1: Like I've heard people like uh, turn on like, uh, um, Ant Man Quantum and I'm like, yeah, that whole thing's not real, but that doesn't make it less interesting if you actually stop and look at it and just don't go like, oh, it's a cartoon in the background. Who cares? It's like, oh, there's a lot of design elements stuff like that. That's actually really kind of neat if you're paying
0: attention to it. Yeah, that's kind of what those things are for. I'm sorry, it, it just. Like- be- you can't, you can't say you want to make a superhero movie and then scoff at the idea of something looking cartoony. Yeah, that's that's also how
1: I feel about it. Like that's what, what one of my biggest praises for Quantum was the fact that like they had all these outlandish sets and locations. And sure, did it, did it look like the people were actually on them most of the time? No. Did that bother me or take me out of it? Not at Not all. Not at all. Not in a little bit. Um, I don't really care that a lot of it looks like green screen. Like it's, uh, it still to me has a comic book aesthetic. Like that's just kind of how a lot of comic books look. Uh, comic books look as well. Yeah. Um, so this movie had really interesting and fascinating locations. Like you're still, like every time we we get Cosmic Marvel, that's like part of my favorite thing about it is getting to see the weird places that they get to go because those places are just pure imagination. Um, it's not just they're in a desert, you know, with AK-47s fighting the enemy. Yeah. Like, they're... Even if that's what it boils down to in, in the most basic es- essence a lot of the time. Like, it's still the fact that, like, they're in uh, a big pink blob, uh, or, or whatever have you. Like, that's the stuff that just, like, okay, that's... I don't get to see that. Um, nor will I probably see that again. Probably not. So, like appreciate when people take wild swings and like make big creative like choices just because it just because there's a part of your brain that's gonna go oh clearly that's not how like that's not reality i never thought any of it was reality like yeah you want to us what else else ain't real (laughs) group exactly um like it it, doesn't make it less art it doesn't make it less like um fun or special like yes, is like does sometimes the blending of things work like help to sell things? Yes, but you know what the most one of the most beloved superhero movies of all time still is goddamn Superman from nineteen seventy eight and the Dick Donner Superman. None of that shit looks real. Um, I'm sorry, but Reeves flying in front of those uh, those green screens where he was uh, where he was laying on a board and they were just showing stock
0: footage behind him.
1: Yeah. Uh, while uh, holding uh, Margot Kidder's hand while she, like, recites a poem to him. Like, none of that looks real, but it still makes you believe that a man can fly. So, that that's just something I want to get out of my way about special effects and people harping on things not, not looking good enough. Like, there, there's a big difference when, like, you have, like, clipping issues or things, like, are just so bad to take you out of the experience. But but there's a difference between so bad takes you out of the experience and not... Perfect, and for me, a lot of the times it's just like, okay, yeah, they're not absolutely fucking perfect. They're good enough, and also when you watch them, if you if you watch them not in a theater, you probably are gonna have a lot harder time telling. (laughs) Yeah, unless you've got a top of the line like 8K TV and all of that, you're probably not gonna notice if you're still watching Blu-rays on your uh, uh, on your non 4K TV.
0: (laughs) Uh, See. But, so, moving on uh, to performances. Um, starting off, uh, Chris Pratt, this is, uh, this is more in long line of this st- type of Star-Lord that I enjoy. Like I said, for a lot of the Guardians performances, they are fun and funny, but not stupid. Yes. Um, everyone, everyone here
1: feels like like an evolved version of what we saw in, um, in the first movie. In fact, I would actually say, performance-wise, I think, uh, at this point, almost everyone has settled into their characters so well that um, this is a lot of the best versions of those characters. The the first one's going to always hold itself higher, to me, because it's the the original. Yeah. And it's always hard to, like, beat an
0: original idea. Like, for for me, this is the one where it felt most like they became their characters. Like, I didn't... I I could forget that I was that I was looking at Chris Pratt. I felt like I was looking at Star Lord.
1: Yeah, this is the I will definitely say this is definitely where uh, he disappears the most. He's also the least jokey in this movie. Yeah.
0: Uh, Also, Dave Bautista like completely fell into drags.
1: Also, fucking this is where um, Chris Pratt or where Star Lord actually felt the most competent.
0: Yeah. Because he's not
1: sitting there cracking jokes all the time. Because before when he would do it and he was just kind of like your wise cracking space hero, like like even though clearly what he he was competent at what he was doing that like they're not actually pratfalls he's just kind of fucking around like he's not getting lucky he actually is that skilled uh, and you know he is cuz like you see him in like um holding his own in like infinity war um and Endgame. Yeah. you know he's literally just that skilled um but because he's not taking it seriously it it kind of like uh diminishes from star lord cuz we've also seen super cocky like space hero in a lot of media um but here where he still is funny still cracks jokes but like um like is playing to his strengths a lot better um like it was just it was a lot more grounded and it was a lot more believable and then like those moments where he like he was uh not being childish like he kind of was in the first in the first two movies like sold them a lot better like I like like this is the first one time I actually just liked
0: Star Lord. Yeah. Um, like the same same thing uh, I would say with uh, Drax. Even though you know, yeah, there's elements where he's still reminiscent of what we know of Drax, but taken more seriously. Um, you know, uh, Bradley Cooper performances Rocket uh, that pretty much had to carry the heart of this movie. Yes. Um, you know that. <laughs> I could I could tell that for one they gave him enough writing to let his talent come through, but you know he's also this is third, fourth go around his rocket, seventh seventh go around his rocket. <laughs> yeah. I forget I forgot all the all the crossover movies. Yeah, so he knows what he's doing. Um, moving along to the one that I probably liked the least, and that was High High Evolutionary, because his performance was just yelling. Yeah, I was like he often turned into a big baby. Yeah. A lot of his a lot of his performances were um you know, someone comes in to say uh something to him that that something he wants is going to take a little bit longer. Uh he will turn around, repeat their last sentence but screaming it and that's that's his performance. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I like that dude a lot in Peacemaker, um, but, and I actually think this is less on him, and this is much more on James Gunn, um, because this is also kind of how he directed Ego. Ego had that same issue of the second of, of something was a minor inconvenience, um, now Ego masked for most of the movie, but then by the end, when he finally, like, lets that slip, like, that's how he reacted to everything, too, was a lot of just yelling and screaming. Yeah. Um, like, I, and I get that maybe part of that has to do with everybody calling Ronan so boring in the first movie, but, um, once again, Ronan also served as very much a foil to the Guardians. Like, where they were, where they were, you know, a family, a found family who was joking and having a good time together, he was stoic by himself most of the time with underlings and serious. Like, did it make him seem boring in contrast? Yes, but we've also seen that character pop up a lot enough in Marvel at this point that you can see like, oh, okay, there actually is a little bit like there was going on there, um, and that it, it was kind of the point in that movie to have him act that way. Um, it doesn't really serve this movie to have like their their potentially their final big villain be a big
0: baby. Yeah. <laughs> now that means that is like I, I'm trying to think of I don't. I don't think there are any real big iconic Guardians villains that you can go out on. Uh, not that I can think of. What what's that matter? Yeah, I mean they could have used like they could have they could have really just used
1: anyone they wanted to. Hell, they could have made somebody up. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have faulted them. I mean uh, I mean they do stuff like that anyway. Like and even then I don't even think High Evolutionary is technically a Guardians villain. He's not. Um, and even then, same as like Adam Warlock, you could all like and same as the High Evolutionary in this movie. You can have them act whatever way you want them to act. Yeah. Like, that was how he was scripted. That is how he was told to be performed. Um, And I just don't think it's resonant in this movie. Not at all. Um, Like, maybe if you want to get real meta, it's like, that's the point. Is that... uh, Is that... is Is how he reacts. Because, especially if you want to take it from, like, the abuser angle, you can definitely kind of see, like... You can start to connect some dots there. Um with him like uh being kind of comforting and nice in in certain moments and to then just turn around at the slightest inconveniences. Yeah. Like you can you can kind of start to connect some dots. I still think it just feels weak. I feel I feel like you're asking a lot from the audience for no real gain. Um but that's just my takeaway from it. Uh
0: yeah, so um uh Oh and Cosmo best character. Co- Cosmo Cosmo's a good dog. <laughs> um uh, action they, scenes. They 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 did they did they did gender flip Cosmo.
1: Yeah, they, they did that a yeah. while back.
0: Um It's uh, not 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 a complaint, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um I'm I'm hoping that like similar to the Guardians game, uh, we might get a future movie where Cosmo has puppies puppies. Yep, I was also thinking that. Um, uh, and, then, and then you know, I don't know. There's, there's 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 implications within Marvel having a telepathic and telekinetic dog that upset me. <laughs> <laughs> like technically, that dog is a candidate for the Phoenix Force. What what's the problem with that? No, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure if I if I saw that on screen, my brain would leak out the side of my head. <laughs> Look, Logjaw also still exists in the MCU. Yeah, that's a, that's another person I want I, I want to show up. Like, let him be in the Marvels movie. He just pals around with Kamala. <sighs> don't don't you do that to me? Don't you dare?
1: Well, th- uh, then
0: each of the Marvels has a has a pet. Uh, Kamala has Lockjaw, um, Captain Marvel has her cat, Monica has her child. Maverick. Yeah, it's the cat's name.
1: Yeah, because I remember yeah. in the comics it's Chewy, but in the, uh, in the, I think it's Maverick in Captain Marvel, it was Maverick or Iceman, but I think it was Maverick. Yeah. Uh, for the Top Gun reference. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, what about, like, action choreography?
0: I thought it was it was, it was amazing because like everyone normally it's 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 like Gamora will have the cool fight scene. Everyone else just kind of generically is shooting or 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 swinging and flailing around. Pretty much everyone got got to have a cool uh, a cool action sequence in this movie, yeah. Uh, or got to have cool action sequences with all of them doing shit at the same time. Um, this is probably uh, for something that the Netflix shows
1: and the television shows have always been very famous for. This is probably the best hallway fight yeah. in a
0: movie. Um, also, like for for like just fight sequences, this was this is the movie where where you got reminded. Oh yeah, Drax also has super strength. Yeah, like normally he's just getting flung around. This was no, he actually got to pick up big shit and hit people with it, uh, knock people flying. Um, you know, Drax felt like the destroyer, as opposed to just indestructible. Blue Man. Yeah. It's just indestructible.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, this definitely had, like, my favorite fight choreography out of all of the movies. Especially because, like, if, I, if we're being 100% honest, at least for myself, the only real fight choreography I remember from the first two movies is the arrow. Yeah. like th- Like, those are the ones that, like, stand out the most to me like and then 2 technically has Pac-Man because it's really ridiculous yeah most of them is just
0: people shooting ray guns
1: yeah um so like um so like for like the Guardians movie specifically because I actually really like um the uh the team on Thanos' planet like all striking like working together Mm -hmm. like that that sequence is like one of my favorite moments in Infinity War um which has a lot of the Guardians involved in it uh but uh, but as far as like what exists inside of a guardian movies itself, this is definitely probably my favorite of the actionist movies. Even though
0: it feels like it has like a lot of the le- like the least action scenes. Also, also be- because they're fighting uh, aliens and mutants and stuff, uh, they can make the blood different colors to get around the sensors. Sure enough, because I tell you, they 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 fucking turn people into gushers in this damn movie. Oh, like. The, there's bits where like uh,
1: you also see like just how durable, um, uh, not Gamora Nebula is.
0: Yeah, and that shit was always awesome. Like that 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 bit in the first movie where you know she gets mangled and then gets up and starts reassembling and popping her all her joints back in. They do that a few times in the movie. Yeah, and it's genuinely fun with her on this like the the side of the heroes now. Yeah. Well, it's fun because you know that it's not that she is not hurting her. Yeah. It looked horrifying. Truly some monstrous shit. Yeah, it's like uh like honestly Thanos, I got to ask. What the fuck was she not able to do that you <laughs> felt you needed to add that in?
1: Um, Yeah. Uh, anything else? Anything else that you want to you want to squeeze in there about the the movie itself before we
0: start talking about its plot? No, well, I think I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, this is this was a this was a fun experience. Um, highly recommend going to see it. Um, if this is the last we see of the Guardians, this was definitely one to go out on. Yeah, um, this is
1: like, uh, I mean, Marvel Marvel's had a hard time with trilogies, like, and even with this trilogy, the second one. There's a lot, I, I'm not a, a person who hates on the second movie. I know a lot of
0: people really, really dislike it. Um, I don't hate it. Is I like it less than the first one. That's that's the most I'll say about it. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, but I genuinely like, I, I like all, all three of these movies. I think this is, as far as like the a one, two, three uh, uh, punch, I think this is one of the strongest uh, trilogies. Yeah. Uh, where, like, all three of them, like, offer something really, really good. Probably the probably not as good as the Cat in America trilogy,
0: but... Well, th- these have a better art, because it's, it's high in the front, low in the middle, ends high. The cat movies are start middling, ramp up, descend a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nobody's detracting from the airport fight scene, but, uh... uh
0: but, yeah, like... Like, it, it, it just, it meant something different than uh, when it was, you know, Captain America turned going to Bucky like, you know, I can do this all day, I'm with you till the end of the line, versus, uh, hey, me and me and Bucky are going to jump Iron Man because Iron Man is upset that Bucky murdered his mom. Yeah. Um, You know, that non-flattering critique of Civil War aside, uh, definitely go see Guardians Volume 3. Yeah, um, um, this is one. Like, like, like I mentioned, it's it, this is a good theater experience. Yes. Um, or if you're not able to go see it in the theater, give it a few months, and I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus. I mean, hell, most of the movies we've already reviewed this year, year already are. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, uh, we will, uh, I was your host Patrick, co-host Jared. Say bye, Jared. Uh, goodbye from the 21st and a half century. Uh, if you check the next uh, podcast in your feed, that'll be our spoiler. Uh, review where we get more into detail. Um, you can find uh Captain Podcast wherever podcasts are found. Uh, in those places, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow. Let us know what you thought of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 3. Um, and with that being said, we'll catch you next time. Peace.